When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, let me, let me talk about talk. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello And welcome to another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos Of course Man We're supposed to be Finishing out Financial Literacy Month With today's show Unfortunately As luck would have it I had an amazing guest Lined up um, to talk all things wealth when it comes to communities of color, um, how to build wealth with docs and, and playing the stock market. And unfortunately, she had a family emergency, so we're going to have to postpone it. But she wants to reschedule, so we will bring you that. It just won't be during Financial Literacy Month, but she's an incredible guest that I'm excited to get back on here, or back on the schedule, I should say. So I'm kind of winging it as far as what we're talking about on today's show, but in that that thought process, as I was kind of like, what the fuck am I going to talk about today? I also was like reflecting on my own journey, particularly over these last few months. And I've just felt more creative and like just creatively on fire, you know, in, in so many different ways, um, more so than, than maybe I ever have in my entire life. And I kind of wanted to tap into why I think that that has been the case or what I've kind of been learning about myself that has just made it so easy for me to come up with ideas or to get an idea out of my head into, you know, the, the real world. And I, I, I think it's an interesting conversation to have, particularly when you discuss our community, because, you know, oftentimes the idea of being creative and the idea of you know exploring your passions and your interests they're just not they're not things that we are um encouraged to do you know again we've talked about this so much but many of our our parents or the previous generations you know lived in a sort of survival mode and the idea of you know taking time to hone a craft that didn't necessarily yield a guarantee of money was just viewed as a waste of time. And, you know, I think for me, my parents didn't believe in the arts, you know, and, and I've talked about this so much before. And, and, and to be quite frank, when I talk about being creative, I don't want you to just think in terms of like music or uh, painting or um, whatever it might be, the, the sort of stereotypical idea of a creative that comes to your head. I think creativity exists in every aspect of everything that we do. Even if you are an entrepreneur, if you are somebody who is starting a business, there is, is creativity within that, right? You're conceptualizing an idea and, and how to bring it to life. And you are creatively trying to find ways to fund it and to scale it, right? And to 
market it, right? All of that requires you being creative and, 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 and tapping into your creativity. So I just want to make that very clear when I talk about the idea of being creative. Uh, I'm not just speaking for those people who consider themselves artists, but you know, those who are, are literally just interacting with the world. And yeah, I think in general, as far as society goes, it's always like we're, we're kind of showing this one size fits all version of life. I feel like, you know, um, even you think about school, it's like we're all essentially being graded on the same system. We're being taught the same exact curriculum. We are sort of uh, all fitting into this neat schedule and following all of the same rules. And as human beings, it just doesn't work that way. All of our minds think differently. All of our experiences have colored the way that we process information. And all of us have different interests. And we're all kind of just being stuffed in, you know, this cage, so to speak, right? The 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 thing the, the sort of idea that came to my mind, the uh, vision that came to my, my mind as I'm speaking about that is like, have you ever seen the horrific conditions that like, um, you know, animals are put in like chickens or something like that? Uh, you know, those who are going to be slaughtered uh, for, for food or for meat. They're just all like stuffed in these cages. They can't move. They're all just on top of each other. And I think very much so our society is kind of built on a very similar sort of practice. You know, obviously not in the literal sense, but if you think about it, we're all just like being stuffed into this box of the way things are supposed to be. And we're supposed to just like it and learn to love it, you know. And I think there's a lot of confusion as to how to tap into your talent or your creativity or recognizing what your skills are. You know, even for me, I think when I discuss this time period right now that I'm in in my life and why I think I'm so just like on it and the ideas are pouring out of me and I'm executing um, at a high rate right now, it's because I think I've created the sort of blueprint for what works for me. And it's taken me a long time to get here. And I wanted to kind of share that with all of you because it's something that you could apply to, to your life right now. You know, in, uh, in, in the last mastermind that I, I did with my group, you know, the homework was for the next month, just do the thing that is calling your name right now and do it every day and, and just kind of no plans for the future, just hone in on it and do it and and, and see how you feel after these 30 days or, or you know, the, the month. And that is like the idea of exploring what gets you excited, right? And then the next step to that is how do you kind of scale that? How do you learn that passion that you, you have? You've, you've discovered that passion that you have, I should say. Now, how do you create a, a blueprint to make the best version of whatever it is that is is sort of lighting that fire for you. I don't want to just intuitively be working and doing things, and I think that's amazing. But I also want to figure out how do I recreate this creative streak over and over and over again, right? Because I think that's the the point of all that I'm trying to get at here is I think all of us have had like a great idea or something that we made that we're really proud of, and something we got lost in in the moment, right? And then we do it, we make it, it's great. We might even get good feedback from other people surprisingly. But then we don't know what the process was to get there. So it's incredibly hard to kind of recreate that magic. And granted, I think there is a part of magic in the creative process that you can't force. But at the same time, if you could create a system that generates the sort of feeling or comfort or focus needed for that magic to arrive. I think that's kind of what we're talking about. And I'm, I'm starting to sound like fucking Rick Rubin. And I think I'm going to read a couple of things from his book as well. Um, Rick Rubin's like a legendary music producer. And he wrote a book called The Creative Act, A Way of Being. And it's just like, not even necessarily about music. It's just about the idea of creating and seeing the world as an artist. And um tapping into like the sort of otherworldly 
parts of ourselves that lead to creativity. And I think it's no coincidence why, as I've been reading that, I'm also tapping into like what I consider one of the greatest creative phases of my entire life. And yeah, I just think there's there's been so many realizations that I've had that I want to share with you again, because I think particularly our community has sort of been um, robbed of the ability to explore these things. And, and, and we're kind of just like scrambling, trying to figure it out, right? So I wanted to get into that. And uh, if I sound a little stuff here or like you're watching the video and I'm rubbing my face, a bunch of my allergies are fucking killing me right now. <laughs> but with the show must go on. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just like literally riffing right now. So I, I want to kind of dive in deeper into this idea that I came across. And I'm literally going to be reading you from like my cell phone notes, my iPhone notes that like I was laying in bed thinking about this and I had to get up and just write it down so I didn't forget it. Um, so this is just going to be like the mind of a mad person who's also really enjoying life but trying to figure out like how does he keep this momentum going um, as far as this amazing creative streak goes so uh, without further ado let's just kind of dive into what I've been talking about for myself personally what I've realized and, and how I think it helped you uh, in a segment we call in our Mijente segment Mijente. all right so literally reading from my notes in my phone and i'm going to preface it by saying one thing i've been chasing after a career in music and entertainment for a very long time specifically i think for me music is the better example to give um when it came to producing music right and i had people that i like looked up to like somebody like a diplo was was somebody whose career i wanted to be able to emulate and whose sounds i, I enjoyed and then i would sit down at my computer and i'd begin to you know, mess around with my, my music software. Ableton is what I use. And I wouldn't create things that sounded like him. And sometimes some of the things I made were awful. Other times they weren't bad. They just weren't in that vein. You know, they weren't hip hop tracks that were like going to bang in the clubs or dance tracks that were going to bang in the clubs. I was just like, might have created something moody that I knew, had no idea what to do with, right? And even if I did think it was good, it was just still like this disappointment. Like, how come I can't just sit down and make a song like him? And that brings about a certain level of shame. And I think most of us probably have that in certain ways. If you're like a writer and you go and read somebody else's work or an author that you look up to and you're like, fuck, my, my words don't sound like that. How come I can't write that way? And what I began to kind of realize was there's a beauty in that. And not only is there a beauty in that, that is it. That's your thing. Like, the way that it naturally comes out of you, that's your own personal style. And that's what you should be like charging at 100 miles an hour. Of course, you have your inspirations and, and the people you look up to and, and, those who you sort of look to for inspiration. Um, but the idea is not to emulate them 100%. The idea is to take bits and pieces of what they do and, and, and really hone in, okay, this is what I like about what Diplo does for my sake of example. How do I then apply that to what I do, right? And I, I think what I'm, what I'm really trying to get at is the fact that oftentimes, we think that because what we're doing, what we're creating is different, that means it, it, it must be bad. And, and that's like the societal shit that I was talking about. That's us in the cage, right? The kid who dressed different in school is ostracized, right? The, the kid who didn't want to do the curriculum uh, in, in that English class and preferred to just like spend his time drawing and doodling, he's getting a call to the, the, his parents, right? And he's going to get in trouble for that because he's, he's doing something different. But different is literally what creates greatness, right? Different is what created any brand you're looking at. They offered something different any artist, any great artist that is revered throughout history, they offered something different. 
Prince changed the way we look at R&B or rock or, or, or whatever genre he is. He's something different. The way we looked at fucking masculinity, he changed that as well. He's, that was something different. And, and the irony is that we live in a society that when we see something or someone different, our first inclination is to rebel against it, to make fun of it, to demean it. And then when enough people sort of hop on board on that thing that was once different, all of a sudden it now has become the new norm and it's acceptable. But it first started out as something that was different. And I know I'm talking in circles, but my, my idea is, and what I'm trying to convey is, don't look at your difference as a shortcoming. And here's like a very, very, very simple fucking example. I was making uh, content for socials, like for Instagram and things like that. And I was using like this AI uh, program called uh, Munch to chop up videos. And it's great. And what I was looking at, though, is like, at first I was excited because the way that it put the captions on the video, again, it's a very silly example, but it's, it, to me, it's like uh, a microcosm for the bigger picture, right? But the way that it put the captions, I was like, oh, shit, this looks exactly like Gary V or insert fucking, you know, um, popular Instagram uh, person, inspirational person. Like this, my video now looks exactly like that. And at first I was excited. And then I stopped for a second. I was like, wait. Why would I want to look exactly like everything else that is going on? Sure, some people are going to see that as uh, my video looks legit. But in the grand scheme of it, is it going to be memorable? Of course not, because it just looks like everybody else's video. And again, this is a very small sort of mundane example. But I think it's the way we have to look at life, art, the businesses we create, the way we exist in this world. Of course, it feels good to sort of feel like you fit into something. But if you want to actually make an impact, and if you actually just want to honor yourself, that's never the way to go. And when you hear things like a brand image or a personal style, or you, know, you, you have a style of writing, a style of music production, a style of whatever, that's your own unique stamp. And... Even if it's different right now, and even if it doesn't look like the norm, that doesn't mean that it's bad. And actually, that's what you should be embracing, because this is what makes you unique. What makes your project, your idea, your vision unique is that different stamp. So I, I hope that I'm, I'm giving some, some good examples here of, of what I'm trying to say. And what I wrote down in my notes kind of while I was exploring this idea was, you develop your own unique style when your natural skills and your limitations get on the same team. And obviously, we're all aware of like natural skills, natural talent, right? That's like the thing we hear about. This person's just naturally gifted at this one thing. But the, I think also beyond that, your limitations, right? So my inability to produce music like Diplo, to not have his same skill level is actually a gift. Because in me attempting to produce something in, in the vein of what he does and me sort of having a different skill set but also a different set of limitations, I'm now inherently creating something different. And for me, this has been like groundbreaking in the way that I view myself, and I think that that's why I've been on the creative streak that I am. Because rather than being like, oh, I can't fucking do this the way that this person does it. I can't deliver a speech like even hip hop preacher, right? I can't deliver it with the same energy. Rather than being like, oh, so since I can't deliver it like him, I guess I should just give up on public speaking or making videos or whatever it is, right? And Flipping that negative mindset into, I can't deliver a speech like E, the hip hop uh, preacher, but that's good 
because I'm delivering it now as myself, right? My inability to recreate what he does inherently now creates something new and different. And I think it's all like positive self-talk, right? And I'm processing it as I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you right now, but I think so much of what holds us back is these sort of negative ideations that we have in our, our head, right? Like we, we think because we can't do something someone else does or we do something differently or it's not the norm or what we're, what we're interested in is not considered cool or um, practical or societally, you know, whatever, the, the societal norm, we, we often then like add a negative connotation to it, right? And it's it's like, fascinating to me that the second you begin to just literally flip that mindset from viewing your differences as something negative to then viewing them as like your superpower everything fucking changes like another example i'm i'm dropping a a spoken word uh ep on on friday right it's like uh six Six uh, six songs that I recorded, spoken word poetry, and then I produced music underneath them. And it's a lot of like lo-fi beats type of thing, right? And with the lo-fi stuff, it's a far different process than like if I was producing hip-hop records or if I was producing dance records that are meant to be played in a club and meant to sonically sound a certain way, right? That's a lot more like intricate when it comes to the mix um, and different frequencies and you know clarity and things like that. With lo-fi, more than anything else, the vibe, the feeling is more important. The mood it creates, the emotion that the you know the uh, music evokes, and also lo-fi is meant to sound a bit crappy, right? It's meant to sound a bit muddy. It's supposed to sound like it's sometimes being played on like a vinyl record and it's cracking and things like that. There's weird noises. And for me, I was never great at like the uh, intricacies of producing music as far as like frequency and mixing and all these different sort of um, really like nerdy producer things. And I say nerdy in the best way possible. And that always held me back. And that was always like frustrating to me because I could never get my records, my records to sound the way I wanted them to um, without the help of like, you know, a number of people. But when it came to this and that sort of shortcoming was a non-factor for this genre of music that I was producing, lo-fi music, all of a sudden, I became like incredibly empowered and I'm like just knocking beats out left and right. And I always loved working with samples and things like that. And like lo-fi is all about that. You take different loops and samples and drums and mash it all together to create something cool. You know, sounds from outside and, and all these different things. You're adding textures and you're creating emotion. And I've always loved like film scoring and things like that. And when I started producing like the lo-fi beats for this poetry, it was like, fuck. This is like everything I've been searching for as far as feeling empowered and feeling confident, right? Because for me, for the longest time, I'll continue the music production example. For me, when I was producing music consistently, and that was like the goal was to be a DJ and, and music producer. There was like this really frustrating process that I would go through where I would get really excited over the idea. And then as I had to fine tune the idea, and make it bigger and then I would compare it to other sounds. I would get really deflated and it was just like this exhausting process that didn't wasn't fun for me anymore. And like I would take me forever to start working on new songs just because I had this mental block of how difficult the process was going to be because of my limitations musically. But now with this, my limitations are actually my superpower when it comes to this genre of music. Right. Because the things that I'm not necessarily good at don't matter in this genre. And because they don't matter. I can now 
focus all my energy into creating the parts of it that I really enjoy. And it now is like an acceptable um, quality in this genre. And I hope what I'm saying makes sense. Like the idea that I embraced what I'm not good at and then figured out a way to kind of make it work for me. Right. It's kind of like uh, Rick Rubin talks about the idea of like painting a painting and challenging yourself to say, you know what? I'm only going to allow myself to use two colors. And at first, your mind is like, how is that even possible? Blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if you're a painter, you're able to do it. You're able to make something out of it. And you realize that sometimes limitations are good. When you have too many options, your mind sometimes gets like overwhelmed and it becomes hard to start. You know, uh, there, there are so many ideas flowing around and you're like, oh, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this. But when you are keeping yourself a bit limited, you can really focus in on sort of the one idea or the one vision and hone in on that and, and really just like go 100 miles an hour. So it's the idea that limitations are, are really good at times, right? Like, like for me, I have a very simple setup when it comes to production. And again, I want to remind you, apply this to whatever it is that you do. These are just my examples. The way I view things, I can listen to anybody speak about anything and I'll figure out a way to apply it to my life. And that's how I want you to start thinking as well. Like when I'm talking about music production, insert it when it comes to baking or running a business or whatever it is that you do. Take the elements from it that make sense. You know, you just change out the um, occupation or change out the person and, and make it work for you, right? Because the information to me is universal. Most information is. But when it comes to music production, I have a very, very, very simple setup in my studio. Nothing crazy whatsoever. You know, I have a, one keyboard, I have like a drum machine, and then a computer. That's it. And a microphone, obviously. Other people have these elaborate setups and, and it works for them. But if you put me into one of those giant studios with this crazy elaborate setup and there's keyboards all over the wall, there's a gigantic mixing console and all this stuff, I would waste like two weeks in there just trying to figure out how everything worked. Right? So two weeks would go by of me not creating any actual music. It's just me literally trying to figure out how this shit works. And then probably another two weeks of me just fucking around with everything to find a sound that I like and to try different things. Whereas with my setup, it's very straightforward. It's very much, I know what I have, I know what I don't have, and I'm going to make it work for me. Right? Like there's a, a music producer named Flume where he talks about how he had this very elaborate setup at one point and he had all these keyboards and all these different things. And he decided to just trim the fat and go down to the essentials. And what he found was it made his workflow far quicker and he was able to get these ideas and, and sort of hone in on the magic far easier than he would have before because he starts with an idea and then he's, you know, dicking around on this keyboard, then this other one, then he's like, oh, maybe let's try this other one. He goes back to the other one and he's wasting all this time. And then the idea of like creativity, the magic in it is that that sort of inspiration, that motivation you have in the moment, it's fleeting at times, right? So if you don't get to it right away and really hone in on feeling inspired in that moment and just like vomit all of that's in your head into this creative project, whatever it is, you're going to lose some of that steam and, and you're probably not going to finish it or it's going to take longer or you're going to take longer to kind of get to uh, the point where you can actually start seeing your idea in the physical sense, right? So again, it's like the idea that limitations are in fact a positive and when you begin to view your own as that, and, and instead of shaming yourself, you're like embracing like, okay, this is my thing. This is my blueprint. It opens the doors for you to really just fucking go 100 miles an hour at your creative projects because you figured out like the secret sauce. You figured out your blueprint of how your mind works and how you're able to then get the ideas in your head out on paper or out on your computer or whatever it is in the fastest and most concise way possible. And I think that's what 
successful creatives have figured out. They have figured out what works for them, right? They're not concerned with, oh, this is the industry standard and this is how this person does it. And yeah, maybe they're interested in, in hearing that, but they only, again, take from it what actually makes sense for them. Those who have been incredibly successful, they have a process. They know what works for them to bring out the best in them and to create um, you know, the, the best product that they possibly can. And again, it's like this idea of like, okay, this is what I'm naturally gifted at. This is where my limitations lie. How do I make both of them work for me in a way that then creates this sort of rinse, wash, repeat formula for myself? Because I think that's what it is at all times. And I think that's why, like, for me, I've been on this consistent streak of creativity is because I finally figured out that formula for me, right? I was just designing clothes for, for the next Just Be collection. And I, was, I had watched this video from Virgil Abloh of uh, Off-White and, and uh, you know, uh, famous, obviously, designer collaborator. And he gave sort of his blueprint of like, this is what you sort of identify in yourself. And it was like, what are my eye, what is my eye inherently drawn to? Why am I drawn to that? And then you kind of create your blueprint around like, this is the template you follow every time you sit down at your computer to design something or to create something. And like that shit clicked. And literally, it's become so easy for me to get an idea, bring it out to my computer uh, in, in terms of like design now and put it in Photoshop and I'm done. I'm not pining over like, oh, but I, this clothing company looks like this or this is, no, it's like I figured out what I like what makes sense for me and what is actually like tangible for me to do. And then that's my formula. And it's created things that I'm incredibly proud of. But again, it's like embracing what I'm naturally drawn to, embracing what I'm naturally gifted at, and then embracing the lim natural limitations that I have. And how do I make all of those things work together in a way that, uh, you know, they're all on the same team. And I think that's how you unlock all this shit. That, that is how you consistently create time after time after time. Because for me, I would go on these like, I'd be like a streaky creative. I would be like on it for a couple months and I would fall off. On it for a couple months, I'd fall off. My consistency fucking sucked, right? But I've been incredibly consistent over the last couple months. And even like content creation wise on social media, you know, um, I've been consistently posting because I've come up with a system for my own content creation. The types of videos that I'm going to do, what is the process for each one? Like each one has a different level um, as far as like, you know, what I put behind it and, and time I put behind it. And again, it, it's just like systematizing everything to kind of put yourself in the best position to win. And again, I do think there's a magic behind creativity and ideas and things like that. But when you have a system in place, that puts you in a position to bring out the best in yourself, I think that magic begins to appear more and more often. And it's far easier to kind of tap into that magic, right? You're not just kind of sitting around waiting for that magic to hit you. You kind of like know where to go to find it. You know what I mean? It's it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's the difference between like if you're looking for love and you're just literally sitting at home like, just waiting for love to come knock at my doorstep or, you know, maybe I'll go to uh, the, the supermarket and I'll run into, I'll, you know, hopefully I'll run into love of my life. It's like, yeah, that could happen. Maybe, you know, the lightning is going to strike there. But, you know, what, what probably would give you a better opportunity for that? Putting yourself out there, being social, you know, going hang out with friends, putting yourself on a dating website if that you're really looking for love and looking for a serious relationship, right? It's like doing everything you can put yourself in the best position to trip over the thing you're looking for, right? And that's what like systematizing and creating these blueprints are, you know? It's like what Virgil was talking about where it's like, if you create a system to know, okay, this is what I do, this is why I do it, and this is how I do it. Once you sit down at that computer to, for me, like my intention at sitting down one day was to create the next line for just be, I had a really easy formula to kind of figure out how to get from the point of inspiration to the point of, of completion, right? And again, magic still had to strike you in some sort of way, 
But the magic came once I began sort of working on it because I had a clear path towards getting the idea on my computer so that I can then begin fine-tuning it, and that's where the magic tapped in, right? I feel like I'm all over the place, but I just think in life, <laughs> we're, we're giving too much away to chance and not really realizing our own power. And I think that this is what hasn't been taught to us. And and quite frankly, I don't I don't know if this is something that's universally taught. I think people of privilege have had more time than many of us to learn this by trial and error. But when you look at your favorite people, the people you look up to, of course there is something inherently God-given to them. But at the same time, I can almost guarantee that they've just figured out a way to systematize what they do. Like if you were to look at Andy Warhol, obviously one of the most famous painters in the world, or Jean-Michel Basquiat, sure, they are hit by some sort of creative inspiration, I'm sure, intuition. But they know exactly what to do when that comes. or they also know that but just by setting the intention of sitting down in front of a canvas and beginning to go through their normal process, they know that at some point the magic is going to hit them. And I think that that's like the secret sauce in everything. And again, that could be for an entrepreneur, that could be for uh, marketing, it could be for an, an author, writer, whatever it is that you do. Figure out the system that literally puts you in the best position to bring out your greatest work each time, right? And a lot of what I'm talking about and a lot of, I think, what, what has gotten me um, so, like, inspired as of late is, is from this book by Rick Rubin, which I'm going to read a couple, like, takeaways from it. But um, it's really, like, intuition, following your fucking intuition and embracing it. Just, like, not worrying about where it's taking you, but just knowing that there's something magical happening that like this idea landed in your mind and you just have to flush it out and see where it takes you, right? And embracing that over and over and over again until you stumble upon your next great idea. And I think that's a part of like this whole process that I've been talking about as well. All right, so I've been rambling for a minute here. I want to actually dive into uh, a couple like big takeaways from Rick Rubin's book. Uh, I found this website that, that really, uh, or a blog post that really kind of, I thought honed in on, on some of the great takeaways that I've found so far. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that for our, for the people in the back segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. When you buy a new house, you might say, shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. 
chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Say it louder for the people in the back. So like I was saying before, a book that has had a profound impact, I think, in the way that my mind is working right now has been The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin, right? And what's funny is like I've been reading it and I've enjoyed it. I've been definitely like I've been highlighting the shit out of it. But it's one of those things that I think has been just been seeping in subconsciously, right? Where all of a sudden I'll catch myself and be like, Oh man, like you're kind of applying a concept that that he was talking about in the book, you know, like, you know, like I said, a few weeks, you know, this this was sort of happening at the beginning of this year, where I started noticing, like, oh, you're like really devoting yourself to your intuition right now, like you're just kind of going with it, and you're not getting lost on, you know, um, is this a good use of my time? How, is this going to be profitable? What is this doing with my career? You're just kind of like, oh, I, I kind of like have this itch that I need to scratch. Let me go check it out creatively and i'm realizing oh shit that's something he talks about in the book and i I think this is why continuously surrounding yourself around things and people that inspire you is so important because they just continue to get that spark in you and they they keep that flame alive right like uh, i'm gonna get into some uh summary and notes from from rick rubin from the book but one thing i want to quickly interject with is like what i've also been doing recently is I've been surrounding myself up with my mentors, right? So what I mean by that is I'm on like this Virgil Abloh kick right now where a lot of the shit he's saying is unlocking things in me. So rather than just watching one or two of these interviews, I literally am just having interviews from him constantly running in the background, right? Uh, I've rewatched the same video on him like four different times. Um, somebody made a YouTube video kind of talking about his process literally watch it like four different times and each time I get something different out of it. Sometimes I'm not fully watching. It's just on the background as I'm doing something else and I'll catch something that I write down, right? Um, and Nipsey Hussle has been on my heart a lot lately and I've been having his interviews in the background. I'm playing his music. You know, I'm uh, listening to podcasts, uh, interviews from either one of them. And just like, again, it's like all just running in the background. And, um, you know, still a little, little bit, you know, taking in entertainment, un- unwinding, you know, watching the shows that I like and things like that. But for the most part, everything I'm ingesting has to do with, with like something from, from one of my mentors, from one of these mentors. And then I'm reading Rick Rubin's book at night before I go to bed. So I'm just constantly like inundating myself with these people that are incredibly motivational and inspirational to me. And whether I realize it or not, sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's not. I'm literally picking up gems from them and applying it to my life. And what's incredibly frustrating is like that has always been something that I've done. I can watch a video on like a music production tutorial, how to produce like this person, and then I'll go apply their concepts to like something I'm working on. And I'll be so happy with how it came out. And then I like forget, you know, the tricks I learned and I don't surround myself with those videos uh, for a long time and I fall off the wagon of like music producing, let's say. So again, it's like you have to consistently surround yourself with these mentors, with the people that inspire you and like inundate yourself with it to, to, you know, to the point that it's like they're literally just like another, you know, person in your life that's just operating in the background like at all times. Like it, it sounds psychotic, like I'm just rewatching the same Virgil uh, video over and over again or have it playing in the background. And you would think, oh, you need a break from, from this. But like, I genuinely think it's just keeping me operating in this, in this place right now. Right. And we've all heard that saying of like, you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And I've always said that it doesn't necessarily have to be in the literal sense, the five people you spend the most time with you can pick who you're surrounding yourself with just by like what's going on in your ears or what you're watching every every day. Um, so that's an interjection uh, I, I want to put in that I've got out of the Mijente segment. But the Rick Rubin thing has obviously been a part of that. Now, 
this book is incredible. I would recommend buying it uh, and, and reading the whole thing. It's really short chapters, which I love. Um, and some of it's obvious stuff. Some of it is like things you already know, but makes you think a certain way, whatever. And this, uh, this blog post, um, and it's coming to us from uh, Calvin Rosser. And I'll, I'll post a link to it in the show notes, but it's him giving us summary and notes uh, on the key takeaways of Rick Rubin's book. And I'm just going to kind of read a quick blip from each of the key takeaways he has. But first one he points out from the book is that creativity is universal. In the book, Rick Rubin says, quote, creativity is not a rare ability. It is not difficult to access. Creativity is a fundamental aspect of being human. It's our birthright and it's for all of us. And I love this because, again, many of us grew up thinking that the idea of creativity and uh, the skill of being able to tap into our creativity was useless, right? That we need to learn a real skill that made us money and get a real job and all these different things. And of course, you got to make a living and all that. And, and the, the idea is that creativity exists even in, in the most mundane jobs, right? Operations, the way a business operates takes creativity. You even filling out a resume and finding the job to send it to, that's a bit of creativity. So it's the idea we are all creatives, right? It's not just reserved for those that we see on TV or on social media uh, who are famous and things like that. Like All of us are creatives in our own way. And I think when you begin to see life that way, it opens up the door for you to come up with your best ideas and to almost gamify the, the process of, of life itself, you know? Now, the next uh, takeaway he talks about is, what is an artist? Now, Rick says, quote, to live as an artist is a way of being in the world, a way of perceiving, a practice of paying attention, refining our sensitivity to tune into the most subtle notes, looking for what draws us in and what pushes us away. Noticing what feeling tones arise and where they lead. And I, I think this is so much of like what I talk about with the idea of just be in presence and all these things and why I'm like trying to hone this in is because I think what he's what he's talking about is like to to live as an artist doesn't mean making money off of the things you create or um, you know, being a hipster or whatever it is. Like it's literally a way of being. It's a way of, of seeing the world, of being present and seeing the, the art that's in front of you because life itself is art, right? And taking notice of the things that get you excited, the things that pique your interest, that catch your eye, and the things that like you sort of detest and, and like you said, pushes you away. And then seeing where those things lead, right? The exploration of it. Where does this sort of, interest leads you if you you know if you choose to explore it which you should is, is, is what he's talking about you know and i think it's being able to see the inspiration in, in in everyday life right and that's why like presence is so important you know being being able to be in the moment and just like look around you and be inspired by what's in front of you, right? And not be focused on a million one different things. And you, you talked about somebody like a Basquiat, right? He made a lot of social commentary in his paintings, but he had to be paying attention to what was going on in his everyday life as he's walking around to have that level of clarity when he's creating art to then like be inspired to comment on what's going on in the world, right? He had to be paying attention to his world in order to make commentary on it is what I'm trying to say. So it's the idea of being present to all that's going on and, and trying to tap into life and not allow your mind to just be all over the place, right? And that's like uh, the idea of living as an artist. And uh, another one of the takeaways is every idea has a time. He says, have you ever had the experience where you thought about a great business or product that solves a problem that you have? Don't do anything about it, and then you see your idea emerge in the world in the next year. That's a fairly common occurrence. To see your idea come to life from another person when you don't act on it. That's not because the other person stole your idea, but because every idea has a time, and the time for the idea has come. So this is something I talk about all the time, right? It's the idea of taking action. 
and not letting your ideas go to waste and sitting on them. Now's not the right time, blah, blah, blah. Like if you got inspired by something and had the intuition to do something, to create something, that means now is the right time. And you should do it now while you're inspired. Not put it off and then wait as somebody else goes ahead and stumbles upon the same idea and then they actually take action. You just sit there and watch them now. You can't sit on the sidelines, right? When, when inspiration strikes, when an idea strikes you, you have to act now. That's the magic. It's in the now. And uh, there's a couple more takeaways that, that he has on here. I'm going to kind of move around a little bit here. Um, one thing he says is follow your energy, right? Quote, to the best of my ability, I followed my intuition to make career turns and have been recommended against doing so every time. It helps to realize that it's better to follow the universe than those around you. Man, I fucking, this is the one right here. This is is the one right here. And if you're watching the video, you're, I'm you know, waving my hands like an asshole right now because I'm just excited by this idea. But this is where I'm, I am at in life right now. I'm just following my intuition. I'm trying not to get married to any concept, idea. I am literally just chasing whatever comes, comes my way and going, going that direction. And I'm at a point now where people's advice, I appreciate it if it's coming from a good place, but it's not going to sway me in either direction. I'm going to keep following what makes sense to me. And I have the utmost faith that it's going to pan out for me at some point in some sort of way. Even if right now or at certain times, things might be looking a little bleak. I know that as long as I just keep following my intuition, this thing that is you know, speaking to me from somewhere else, from wherever the, the universe is talking to me from, as long as I keep following that, I'm going to be okay. And that right there is, is what he's, he's talking about, you know, in the idea of following your, your energy. And I, I also want to build on that with one of the other takeaways he has, where he says, you are not one thing. Quote, the self has many distinct aspects. It's possible to create a piece, love it, and then look at it the next day and feel completely differently about it. The inspired artist aspect of yourself may be in conflict with the craft person aspect. Disappointed that the craft person is unable to create the physical embodiment of the inspired artist vision. This is a common conflict for creators. Since there is no direct conversion from abstract thought to the material world, the work is always in interpretation. And I think this to me is also honing in on what we're talking about, the idea of your limitations being a good thing and embracing them. Because he's right. You may have an idea. You bring it out there into the world. You go create it. Let's say it's a painting. You have an idea for a painting. You go, you paint it, and it doesn't look exactly how you planned on it. Right? And oftentimes, we would be mad at ourselves. We would shame ourselves that like we're not talented enough to get this idea out of our head to look how we wanted it to. But again, there's beauty in what you just created. Even if it doesn't look exactly how you planned or if you're not at the place you planned, planned on being, right? There's beauty in the result that happened naturally from you attempting something. That's art, right? Art is a perfection. So what you ended up creating is actually incredibly magical because it's built upon things that you couldn't plan on. You know, it's built upon something authentic. And I think that's the idea right there. Yeah, you had this idea for this grandiose painting. And then you went and did it and brought it to life and it doesn't look how you hoped it would. But that painting is authentically you. Right? It is exactly what we're talking about. That is your vision and your limitations getting on the same team and creating this thing. And just because it's not exactly what you thought it would be doesn't mean that it's bad. 
right? You have to embrace that imperfection, embrace that difference and say, this is authentically me. Imperfect, but still beautiful, still valuable, right? That's how you have to be looking at your projects. It's not about bringing them to life in the perfect way that you had in your head. It's about creating them and then loving even the defects around them, even the shortcomings. And, and instead of looking the, at those things as shortcomings, looking at, at them as defects or mistakes, looking at them as that's your creative stamp. That's your unique stamp right there. That's, I think, what I've been doing and what I've been tapping into and the point of this whole entire podcast in general. So I'm, I'm glad that I, I got to that one. Um, I'm going to read a couple more because there's a few, a few different ones over here that he, uh, he had. Um, I'm going to read two more. One's, one's really short. The idea of don't hoard your ideas because I think so many of us are fucking guilty of this. They say, give every piece of work the best ideas you have. Don't save those ideas for a later time when you have a bigger audience or so that your creative well does not run dry. Creative material is infinite if you let it run through you. If you live in a scarcity mindset and hold back your ideas, you risk the boundless creative flow that will help you create good work over the course of your life. And I love this because so many of us are, are thinking that we've created this great thing and we're never going to make anything else as good as it again in our lives. And that's just not true. And it doesn't matter if you have a million followers or one follower, something that is great is going to be great. And the idea of just continuing to put your ideas out there and create more and more things will continue to build up that muscle memory of your ability to, like we talked about, systematize your creativity and, and continue to recreate that magic. But it only comes from you doing it over and over again, right? Having those reps. And the last thing I'll say uh, that he talks about here is follow the excitement. Quote, the call of the artist is to follow the excitement. Where there's excitement, there's energy. And where there is energy, there is light. And this is what I've been pushing people. This is what my mastermind uh, was all about as far as the homework was. Where is that fire for you? Where are, is the thing that you are excited about? Follow it for a month and see what happens, right? That's the energy. That's the light, as he says. Like when you are fired up about something, something inspires you. Don't let it, you know, don't let that flame go out. Don't let somebody around you talk you out of that excitement. Like you're excited about this for a reason, something much bigger than you or I. Go explore that and find out why. And 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 you don't have to, again, go quit your job because you got excited about writing and now you're going to be an author. You can do both at the same time. And, and explore that idea. And then when you realize this is something you want, again, you make the plan to quit your job. But what I'm saying is, like, give yourself the, the okay to chase after the thing that is igniting that fire inside of you, that passion inside of you, right? You have to follow it. It is fleeting. And if you don't, it may never, you know, it's not going to come back in that same way. You can't allow yourself to um, not chase the magic when it hits you, right? And I think that's that's what he's talking there with Follow the Excitement. And I can read a bunch of these. The book is absolutely amazing. There's a bunch of other ones I didn't even get to. Again, I'll put a link to this summary in the show notes. The book is uh, The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, and yeah, even as I'm talking about it, I'm just getting fucking fired up by it. So uh, yeah, check that out if you, you have the means to do so. Um, yeah, with that said, let's, uh, let's kind of just wrap everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. But first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Time for conclusion All right, I'm going to keep it very simple here for conclusions, too, because I know I ranted and raved a lot in this episode. Um, but I think at the core of what we're talking about here is the way that you speak to yourself, the way that you see yourself is everything, right? And the less time you spend shaming yourself for what you're not and more time you spend embracing who you are, I think the quicker you're going to get to exactly where you want to be in life. And I'm, I'm like, you know, obviously you have a path that you go down. This is how you learn and, and all these different things. And I'm at times thinking about this and frustrated. I wish I thought, figured this out earlier in my life. You know, I spent so many years trying to recreate other people's work or shaming myself because I was physically unable to do so from a skill standpoint. And never celebrating my own natural ability because it wasn't what others maybe deemed to be valuable around me or what I myself deemed to be valuable, right? All I saw was what I couldn't do, what I wasn't capable of. And I think getting to this place now where I look at my limitations as a positive, and actually, like the secret sauce to helping me get my ideas out there and getting to where I want to be has been truly groundbreaking for me. It has opened me up to feeling incredibly confident about my creative work, but also confident in a way that makes me now consistently create. And, and that's what's incredibly important. And that consistency is something that's been lacking for me for forever. Really. You know, so I'm going to reiterate what I had written down for myself in my, my notes. You know, in my, in my phone, I said, you develop your own unique style when your natural skills and limitations get on the same team, right? And the idea of unique style is being able to walk in your authenticity. Again, like this is me talking about creative works, but at the same time, it's also a way of living, right? Because my, me stepping into my real authenticity is saying, both my natural abilities and also my limitations are equally amazing and equally as important in the person that is here talking to you today, right? So rather than sitting here shaming myself for the things I don't have or the things I can't do, it's celebrating the unique stamp that they actually place upon me and everything that I do. And that's the idea. That's everything I'm talking about today on today's show. So I'm going to stop there before I ruin what I think was a good, a good kind of summary of, of all that we're talking about today. Now, again, if you want to check out the book I, I was referencing, it's been huge for me. I'll put a, the name of it in the show notes. It's The Creative Act, The Way of Being by Rick Rubin. I'll also put a link to that summary of it that I was reading off of. Um, and yeah, 
I don't know. Give me some feedback if 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 this kind of touched you in any sort of way at DJ Dramas on Instagram. I always love hearing from you because again, I talk to myself right now in this room. So I'm looking at a camera, I'm speaking into a microphone, but I'm not seeing anybody's reaction. I don't know if this is resonating or not with people. So I always love hearing the feedback. Um, so let me know. And uh, yeah, if uh, you want to pick up the book, just be. As always, just be.nyc. Street Stalk, my other podcast, is still streaming. Uh, whole first season. Go binge that bad boy. And that's it. I'll catch y'all on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode. So then stay safe. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.